Thank you for tuning in to the Realities Podcast. Realities Podcast is a blog-term podcast about the realities of life, what's trending, being a mom and a wife, family, career, and everything in between. I hope you enjoy this next episode, but please make sure that you follow us on Instagram at Realities, and that is R-A-I-A-L-I-T-I-E-S. Let us know what you think about this next episode. Enjoy. Welcome to Realities. Oh, I'm going to turn my phone down. Sorry. We're back. So we are back and it is still March. Uh, it is Women's History Month and we're talking about all things women, female. It's Endometriosis Awareness Month too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that does make sense. <laughs> so we are <laughs> talking about endometriosis and all things women. Y'all know we go on a tangent, so we might end up talking about boobs or something else. So oh give y'all that heads up in advance for the <laughs> listeners. So guys, if y'all are not interested in any female systems, then tune into another podcast. <laughs> I'll just say it and be real with it. It's about to be real different because we got somebody real special on here. Yeah. Girl, child, bye. Say yeah. hi, G. Hi, G. <laughs> we have a guest who is very knowledgeable and with endometriosis, and she's going to share some things with, her, with us. But first, we will let her introduce herself to you all. Hi, guys. I am... Where do I start? I'm Stephanie. Um... Dr. Stephanie Carter, MPD, ABC... <laughs> Hairstylist, dietitian, electrician, (laughs) advocate, mom, aunt, sister, what? (laughs) Event coordinator, brand creative director, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm Stephanie. Um, I'm the owner, CEO of Urbanique LLC now. And um, Urbanique is started out in all cosmetology, beauty, hair, all those types of things. And now it's expanded to branding, marketing, um, yeah, event coordinating, creative director. Um, I am a licensed cosmetologist and I have my own vegan hair care line along with a lot of other things. <laughs> And I'm here today to talk to y'all about endometriosis, which I have stage four endometriosis. So wait, do you have some questions you want to ask me first? Yes. Can you (laughs) the way we have a conversation amongst this, this triangle right here, (laughs) it can go this way or this way. way. Right now, right now we're going this way. Let me not throw up a Delta sign over here, but a triangle. (laughs) I'm here to answer any questions. I mean, I've had several surgeries in reference to the woman's system speaking on that and then finding out that I have had endometrial or got endometriosis um and yeah so I'll start with y'all's questions first because I'm sure what, what is endometriosis is what you oh okay so endometriosis is it's a non-curable disease at this moment in time when it comes to medicine and doctors um it's when your the women's tissue cells from the inside of the uterine walls that are supposed to stay inside the uterine walls grow on the outside of the uterus. And it spreads to about 14 different places from right now that they know of to your, in your body up to your brain. And so basically they're like little cells that can spread in different parts of your body. It can attach itself to organs. Um, it can cause a lot of complications. It causes pain, it causes inflammation heavy cycles, clotting, um, bad, hurtful cycles, um, fatigue, numb, I'm about to say numbness, nauseous. <laughs> um, and along with endometriosis, you can also have adenomyosis, which is the same entity of that, like a cell that that's, um, stays on the inside of the uterus that causes pain and abnormal cycles and all those types of things as well. I had that as well. Um, so yeah, that's what endometriosis is. Um, for me, it affected me. It affected my bowels. It affected my bladder. Um, at one point, it went from what I know right now. It goes up to my navel area, um, in my my body. I don't know anything else about where it goes because you can only find it supposedly getting cut open. 
There's no CAT scans, no sonograms, no MRIs, nothing that will detect it um, from any type of medical device that they have that we know of. Um, and they say in history, having an abnormal cycle, like heavy pain and blood clotted type cycle is not normal. That's not what your cycle is supposed to be like. Mild, very mild cramping is okay, but you should never need a very heavy pad. And a lot of women have endometriosis and don't know it. And it causes infertility as well. It can cause infertility. Well, that was one. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So, okay. So you said you're at stage four endometriosis. When did you find out what stage you were in and what, what does, uh, what do the stages look like? Meaning like, do the symptoms increase or? Okay. So I, my, my endo diagnosis was 2015. I was scheduled. I had a, my, a myomectomy, which um, is a, a surgery, an abdominal surgery. I had like a C-section to remove fibroids. And when they went in to move the fibroids out and the, the ovarian cyst that I had, they found, excuse me, they saw that I had endometriosis. Like they could see it on um, my bowels and my uterus is where they first saw it and I was at stage two and basically from what I understand about the stages basically it's like a cancer or anything else it starts very mild although it's a irregular period you know cycle where you have clotting and bad cramps and stuff like, like that's just straight across the board stage one to four is one it's going to happen since that it gets worse as you go up you get inflammation um me personally my legs were getting numb like sometimes when I was going here and standing up and stuff, I would I would tough it out while I was going here, but my legs would be tingling and stuff like that. Um, and then found I so I found out in 2015 that I was stage two, and by 2018 when I had my partial before I had my partial hysterectomy is when I found out I was at stage four. So with the fibroids, so with all of this, I had. Um, fibroids, I had endometriosis, I had adenomyosis, I had ovarian cysts. Um, and then by the time 2018 came, it got really bad to the point where I had to wear like shorts under my clothes and I had to wear like heavy pad, thick pads and stuff with double wing. Like I was doubling up stuff because I was like, I didn't even want to move because it felt like, and I've never had natural birth. Thank God I was able to have kids or whatever. I had C-sections, but it felt like a person falling out of you. Like it was no flow at that point. There was no flow of of a cycle for me. It was straight blood clots. <clears throat> so um, I had to figure out something. I went to see a second opinion um, from my doctor because we did schedule a partial hysterectomy. And I went to the second opinion at University of Maryland, Baltimore. And this lady told me, <laughs> she, was, she put out like a timeline and asked me the different things that I've done. And the only thing in the middle that I had not done was try birth control. I've never done birth control in my life because I was like, I don't know what's in that pill and I don't want to be, you know, nothing to go on my body. So I don't like the word try from the doctors. I don't know if anybody does, but I don't. And she was like, try birth control. And she was going to give me like the lowest dose, which was like 25 milligrams or something. And I needed the estrogen somehow to offset something you claim. And then they also say birth control is supposed to stop your cycle or slow your cycle down. Mm -hmm. In my mind, what I told her is if I'm taking this small pill to stop my cycle, which I'm supposed to clean out every month, where's the blood going? Where's it going? Is it going back up in my body? Bizarre? Like, is it causing something else to happen? And that's what I felt was going to happen. So I, I tried literally this dumb little pill that I took. I think I tried it for two weeks. I promise y'all, I didn't know who I was. Y'all probably don't even realize that part when I was doing y'all here, but I didn't know who I was. Like, I'm serious. I got, I was emotionally messed up, up and down. My body was tripping. Like I was, I, I don't even know what was going on. My body was doing some crazy stuff. Um, I, would, I, I would add, like I had, um, speaking of birth control. So my doctor, when I was younger, um, like just starting to have my period and stuff like that, which it's like 12, 11, 12, but mine was really, really bad at that time. They didn't tell me anything. They didn't tell us about no endometriosis and all that. They, it was just, she got a bad period, but, and mine was to the point where like my mom kept me out of school. Cause it was, I, I pretty much had the flu or in today's world, I felt like I was probably having COVID 
although it wasn't COVID then. I'm serious. Like, that's how bad it was. Like, I'm serious. But it had nothing to do with, it was just the pain. It wasn't even like a heavy flow or nothing. It was just the amount of pain. I had fevers. I would get like a complete, like flu-like symptom for five days straight. And nothing would help. So I would, my mother would give me ibuprofen, Advil to the point now I'm allergic to it. Like I took it so much that I became allergic to it. But I would take 800 ibuprofen. She gave, I went to prom with four 800 ibuprofens. I took four of them. That's how, yes, I took four of them. But I ended up just throwing it all up. Oh yeah. That's how your stomach up. But that's how what and but that's how it was for me. Like I would take that much because it nothing worked, nothing helped, nothing would. But at the time, I don't know when they figured out endometriosis and all that, and when it's when they figured out okay, this is something that women are having. But they never said that to us. But it was that bad. Like I would throw up. I had fevers. I had body aches, and it wasn't just my stomach it was my back my arms I had headaches all that so that's where the birth control came in and I think it, I started taking birth control at 15 and the purpose of the birth control wasn't to prevent pregnancy they it wasn't even that thought it was to control your the pain that you're in to control the cycle and all that and although it helped I would say I finally came off of birth control when I got married and it was because, okay, hey, we want to have kids. So let's come off of it. My doctor recommended it. it was like, you need to take a break from it also. But to Stephanie's point, when I came off of it, I saw the switch. It was like a, a complete switch within a couple months of my moods. So while every before it was like, I can't even describe what or how my mood swings were before, but it was it's, it's totally different after that. So mm-hmm. it does alter your moods, it alters, it alters completely a whole lot of stuff. So it was, I, not- it is, it definitely is nothing. And they tried, like they tried, oh, take the, get the patch. I'm like, I don't want the patch. I don't Girl. want it either. Girl's honor. <laughs> <laughs> no, hold on, no, hold on, hold on. So y'all mean to tell me, and this is because I'm not about to be serious right now. So y'all mean to tell me both of y'all was crazier than you already are now? I not mean, necessarily was, crazy. It was just probably a different. I don't know. I can't describe. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's just the mood, the the cut on and off type of thing. It's like one minute you're good, the next minute you hate the world, the next minute all y'all get on my nerves, the next minute I want to be by myself. So I guess yeah, we was crying. I was quiet behind because I I was like, what's wrong with me? Like I thought I was seeing. Yeah, I thought I had somebody on my show. But you can you realize <laughs> it though? Like you can sense it. Even like now, like I can sense, like if I'm about to come on my period, I know, okay, my mood is different. Like the kids are really irritating me a little more than they would have last week doing mm-hmm. the exact same thing or just not feeling like doing anything, not feeling like being bothered. It it definitely, it just changes shit, but yeah. I ain't had no, I didn't get pregnant around that time. So. I had them birth control. Let me tell you, I took them bad boys for two weeks. This lady gave me two months of supply. I was like, ma'am, I have a scheduled hysterectomy, boo-boo. <laughs> I'm trying this for this little bit of time. I never went back to her like she told me to because I threw them goddamn birth control out the window on the highway and the, the rest of the prescription. I was like, fuck y'all and your mother that made you. And I'm out the window. And I was like, I don't know. I drank all this water. Like, I might as well have drowned my sister. I was like, it's got to get up out of me, you know, because I didn't know. And then when I did take it, my cycle finally went away for, because I started bleeding twice a month. And I never did that before. That's how I knew the endo was getting bad. But my cycle stopped for like two weeks. And then it took another two weeks to come on or whatever, however it works yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it definitely but actually. I was at the, in my, on my cycle when I walked into my hysterectomy surgery. And that was in December. So I took those pills in November. That's when I left that salon. I, I started being mobile. Mm-hmm. But I walked into my surgery in December of 2018 with my cycle. And I was like, oh, I was feeling so numb. And like, just take a shovel and just put me to sleep and take whatever this feeling is away. Because, um, yeah, it's nothing that, like, I had to... I had to cancel appointments. Nobody really knew why, but I had to cancel appointments because I could not walk. Like it was bad. My my um my legs were tingled so bad. 
my head, I had migraines, my body was stiffened up, um, and my boobs were hurt like I had a period, like I had a period of pregnancy and period together. It was so disrespectful. And I was like, I don't even have no boobs, but whatever. <laughs> Or did you have to, did you get a hysterectomy because of, or partial hysterectomy because of the endometriosis? Yeah, I did because, um, so it was the endo and the ovarian cyst that, and the fibroids, I had more fibroids also. Um, the endo, the fibroids, the fibroids feed off of blood and if endos cause all this, you know, it's all the chain reaction. Um, so yes, the doctor suggested that. Um, and at that point, it was hard for me to make a decision because it's almost like, is that going to change my body? Is it going to change my sex drive and all those different things? So what he did was he left my ovaries. He took my, um, he took my uterus. He took my, what the heck is that thing called? The fallopian tubes because they were blocked with endometrial tissue. They had chunks of tissue like blocking the entrance of the fallopian tubes. He showed me pictures of them and stuff. I actually posted them online and my like nobody wants to look at that if they don't like nasty stuff. But I actually follow, I have endo people that I deal with on the in the UK and in the United States that we all kind of share our stuff. But um, so yes, I got a partial hysterectomy in 2018. I felt a thousand percent better. Let me tell you, and my doctor secretly sucked my stomach, y'all, but I didn't take care of it. I started eating like crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, where that mole go? That was right. It was a little bit further down because he done pulled, pulled the shades down. <laughs> oh my God. Now that mold and that he done grew. So he left my ovaries because he said I needed the estrogen for my ovaries so that I wouldn't go because um surgical menopause and natural menopause are two different things. And oh. surgical menopause would have had more harsh things going. I was young, he said, and it's mine, you know. That. <laughs> And that's what I was going to ask if you had had, if, if they had ended up giving you a full. Um... So that's what happened last year. I didn't get a full, but I did have more issues that came about. And my ovary, um, one of my ovaries, they showed a cyst on the ovary in my sonogram. It, like, it was there for like a year. And so I had to the point where I had bad cramps, like I had a cycle again, but I don't have a system. And I'm like, why am I having these pains and I don't have a system? But the ovaries still act as if, you know, they confuse sometimes. So I did have a surgery last spring. It's been a year now. And they pulled, they went in. <laughs> I had to make a decision of, do I want to lose my ovaries or ovary, whatever. I was like, just take it out. Cause I didn't, I was confused. I didn't understand if I take the ovaries out now and this menopause thing happened, like, what am I to expect after that? I'm about to be 40, you know? So he was like, I'm not going to take both your ovaries. He said, if you have a good one, I'm leaving it because you need the estrogen because of the level of endometriosis you have. I could get um, osteoporosis. I can get brain damage. I can get all types of different things because of the estrogen that I would have needed from my ovary that I, my little one jingle wheel I got left. The ovary that he had to take out... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. Oh, I, I, I got a little jingle jingle, you know. <laughs> that doesn't look like a jingle. At all. That's that entirely is. too big. Like, no, but um, <laughs> um, so I did keep the ovary, but the, the ovary they had to remove only it didn't just have a cyst on the outside like that. It was one growing on the inside too. So they had to take the whole thing out. Um, because there was no saving that one. So I literally have one jingle bell left. <laughs> it's probably dark as hell in that joint. <laughs> ah, but I, I mean, I'm, I feel good now. Um, I still have pains. I still get cramps here and there. Um, and that thing, that saying of when you're in the room with a female, like when your daughter's about to come on and stuff like that, or the other females that are coming on, I get cramps behind that stuff. Literally, like, I do. I get cramps if um, somebody around me is on or is about to come on. That shenanigans pulls on my one little jingle bell and I get cramps. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so now, so you're in stage four. And so you're just going, that, that's where you're going to, because you did say it doesn't, uh, you can't get rid of it. It's endometriosis until something, a miracle happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no medicine that you take every day. There are some people that have, excuse me, stage four way worse than I have. Like there's girls that I've seen who had surgery since four. This one girl had 20 surgeries since she was 14 and she's 40. And she's 40. She got diagnosed at 14. And um, 
but uh, it's, it depends on your situation. You know, it can put you down. It can put you down. It put you in a slight. It put me in a slight depression last year after my surgery for like a month. But I got out of it because um, I my stomach after that last surgery they did a um, what do you call it? It's a laparoscopic surgery or whatever. So they my stomach looked like Shrek after surgery. <laughs> they did. Yeah, that joint. So I had an allergic reaction to the dermabond stuff they closed me up with. So they cut me north, south, east, and west. So in my bikini line, they cut me in the middle of that. They cut me at my navel, and then they cut me on the sides. And they had the scopes, I guess the cameras or whatever, and went in and however they do that type of surgery. And the stuff they closed me up with, the dermabond glue, it, it, I had an allergic reaction to it. So now I'm allergic to adhesives, like bandages and all that stuff. I didn't even, I've never been allergic to that stuff. So what I did, I said Shrek because my, my stomach literally started bubbling up in these big fluid bubbles in each incision. And I was, I felt like I had fleas, like that, it was bad. Like, you know how, um, you've seen a fever, a, a blister, a water blister on somebody's skin before? Yeah, yeah that's big. They got real big. Like I will send you some, you can see the pictures if you want to. Them things look like I had water balloons in my stomach. And it was on incision. So I had to go to the doctor two days after my procedure and he had to drain them and cut the glue off. I was like, whoa, play it. Hold up. We in the office. And he was like, I said, we're about to go to the hospital, right? Like you about to put me to sleep and go downstairs. He was like, no, no, it'll just take a few minutes. I was like, see, this is what I can't, I have to be mentally prepared for shit like this. Yeah. Because what he did was took a needle and literally drained. Each incision had at least four bubbles of, water, of fluid. And so he had to go and drain the fluid. Then he had to take the little knife and cut each each set of uh, bubbles off with the dermabond glue off and all this. So I was looking like a skin bat. Like that joint looked crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I went down to the white, almost to the white. Like and then he was like, I'm skin bat. Hey, uh, I'm up here with potholes on my stomach and. He up here trying to get me out here talking about get some, he put bandages on him. I was like, dog, you look like you gave me a ghetto cross on my stomach. I had. I was getting ready to say, you look, you sound like you had a whole plus sign. I and so what happened was when he did that, literally the next day I started itching again. And I was like, what the f is going on? Why? I feel like I got fleas again. The bandages, I went back and I started swelling up around the bandages and bubbles again. And so I was like, young, I look like somebody beat the lights out of my stomach. Like it was bad. Like it was bad. You see that dot on your diploma right there? On that's what my <laughs> it was looking like Dalmatian City on my stomach. Young. I don't even know how like, happened to the dark in person, but <laughs> I had so I had to take I went to him, he took the bandages off, and I was allergic to the band-aid adhesive. And you know, I got lashes done. I had got lashes, so I got lashes done before I had the surgery, I had to take them off because they was making my eye, the adhesive was itching my eyes. That's great. So you with your eyes full up? What the they hell? Were to, yeah. It was bad. Like that whole situation. So that's why I said I look like Shrek because those scars are just now like trying to heal. Like the skin is trying to look normal now. That thing wasn't looking too sexy. It looked like I had straight old grapes on my stomach. That shit was nasty. So you can't, so at this point, because you allergic to any type of adhesive, you can't you, you, your lace front, you can't wear no more. What lace front? I look like Cisco right now. When you, when you were wearing them, because you used to I wear ain't them. had no lace front. <laughs> you ain't had no, not, not the lace, but just the regular wig, but you would Why glue you it back. Like, right? like, I'm pulling my stuff up on the right side. like Cisco. <laughs> I do. Thong to thong, thong. Yeah. You need, so, to put some lie, you need to put some lies in there. The only time I had a wig on, if I did, I never really used blue. I used, okay. um, I use that little, the, uh, what you call that thing, the rubber band that keeps the rubber band, the band that's rubbery like, and mm -hmm. it holds the wig in place so it don't move around or whatever like that. I ain't, I mean, I had, there were some that were lace, but I cut the lace off and it stayed on my head with that little um, headband thing. Yeah, because you ain't got no head now and I could just see that blowing in the wind. Listen, right. when it be, I'll be like, like oh, a whole hair hat down the street. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, as I was looking up like endometriosis, it does say like the only medication is hormones. It's hormones. Oh yeah, they tried to tell me that they was going to give me some of that stuff too. And I was like, whose mother's doing that? Not me. I'm not doing that. 
I'm not, I don't want nothing else that has yeah. to do with medicine because like I literally, they gave me a lot of 800 Motrin, like, and they prescribed it and prescribed it. And I was like, yeah, no. Um, so I went to a holistic doctor and then that's when they sent, they sent me to get a medical card for cannabis. And the, the actually edibles do help me way better than uh, Motrin does. I didn't say smoke weed with my friend. Damn. No, that, look, that, I found out oh. I was allergic to ibuprofen in grad school. Taking the test, had cramps, took an 800, inside of my mouth swelled up. Only hospital that was near was Children's. So they helped you though, right? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess they would. They were just like, what you take? Da, 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 da. I'm like, this is what I took. And like, all right, gave me some Benadryl. It's like, you allergic to it. I'm like, damn, I could have did that. but then I also like recently I would say what last year yeah it was last year and I got um had shingles and I didn't know that it was shingles so I did a um teledoc and at the time it was my shoulder was hurting so the whole like shingles thing happened it, it hadn't like came all the way so everything was hurting prior to which I found out that's how it starts and so I thought I had fluid in my shoulder because I've had fluid in my shoulder before and it's hurt real bad and the doctor the teledoc's like yeah so he prescribed me I think it was he's like take some Aleve whatever let me know how it works and I'm like I think Aleve I don't think I could take Aleve and I'm like well I'm allergic to aspirin I'm allergic to ibuprofen he's like no you'll be okay to the Someone said, go get some Benadryl also. Took that damn Aleve. Mouth swelled up in five minutes. Oh, man. I, and I could not find, like, with Teladoc, it was no, I'm like, who was this doctor? Because now oh, it's your choice. Because I told you I was allergic to this, and you said I was okay. You told me what to take. So mm. I took it. And you was about to like, what's up, love? <laughs> I'm in here looking like Hitch, drinking Benadryl. <laughs> hey, and poor, poor Daryl, like, oh my God, like he ain't know what the heck to do. I'm like, let me just take the Benadryl, let the swelling go down, because then I got sleepy. Now I'm off down and overdosed on Benadryl. Now I'm tired, but I can't go to sleep because you know you don't want to die because you still can't. Move. So I'm sitting up like just crazy, and then eventually I went to sleep, but. Yeah, that shingle stuff. I hope I, I mean, I had chicken pox when I was little. I hope I'll never get that trash. My dad had it. He had it with a Michael Jackson gun. And because uh, he had it on his hand. I was like, you yeah, know. I had it all on my back, around to uh, all on the both sides of my breast, under my breast, in the middle of my chest. And they say it, you you can get it again. It won't just go away. You'll get it one more time. It's like 95% chance you'll get it. So and it's still itch. So like yeah. every now and then. I get like this pain because it's nerve. It's your it's your nerve. I still get the pain. Still people, get the pain. people be like when they, when people say shingles, you know the commercials come on about shingles, right? Yeah, I ain't never seen no damn shingles commercial till now. I said so, y'all. My oh, to me. You ain't oh, seen the one. I never oh. seen. I never saw them prior to having shingles. For real? Never in my they, life. They showed the Mr. Bob shingles all the time. No, I've never in my life seen a goddamn the man on the goddamn bicycle. If you had shingles, you should call. Like, no, it's too fucking late. I already had it. Y'all gonna tell me now. <laughs> I just don't understand how I'm the oldest one on this joint. And as of right now, I sound like I'm the healthiest one in here. I'm no, healthy. I mean, not really, but <laughs> for uh, the <this> topic. <laughs> Crazy. You have other health conditions. <laughs> <laughs> no, but with the shingles, like people would get mad when I had those conversations. Um, my, one of my friends was like, she was like, I heard shingles was herpes. I was like, pause for you go off. What? Because chicken pox is a form of herpes, but it is a form of herpes, but it's not there's, that. It's not an STD. Like herpes. Yeah, it's not that. It's not. There's a different simplex. There's the, the mouth herpes, the vaginal herpes, this this um chicken pox. You know what I mean? So if you had chicken pox, you have some sort of herpes. You know what I'm saying? It's a herpes. Really? Not, but it, I mean, and I, said, I saw it on my paper. I was like, what the fuck is this? This is a diagnosis? Where did this come on my back? But it's a, you got, you're out here with the crate of uh, Hey, you in first grade with herpes. You you would never want to put your medical records out there, honey. I'm trying to tell you. I didn't know. Because it doesn't say you gotta read it to know that this like 
it, it explains just like Stephanie said. It explains. And when we were younger, a lot of us had chicken pox. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. My brother had them. We tried to go to basketball practice and we could not. We was like, like we had fleas. And my mother had calamine lotion all over. We was looking like Mr. Brown. He was looking like there. a whole, yep. A piece of raw chicken. Yeah. A whole piece of raw chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a open your bath and crowd. I'm like, oh, ain't that supposed to be for breakfast? Like what? And, and that's what they tell you with shingles take an oatmeal bath. But I could not for the like, I'm like, how am I going to get the <laughs> mid part of the top of my back submerged? You had to submerge yourself in right, it. I'm dead. My whole head, just put my whole body down, just drown my ass. And you know, I can't oh. swim, so now I'm definitely dying. <laughs> You're going to die by death by oatmeal. Um, <laughs> an oatmeal bath. Oatmeal, oatmeal bumps. Right. In a regular, she in a regular tub, but she died. Her feet are on the wall. I learned something new today. I had no idea that was a form. That's interesting. So going back to the I'm looking at the yeah, stages. They, give you, they just say minimal, mild, moderate, and severe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm assuming four is severe. Yeah. Four is the most severe, just like any other disease. It's the most severe. Um, it from what I understand, I've only heard of one person dying from endometriosis, um, because hers got severely bad in her stage four. Uh, she was 17. Um, and this happened about a month ago. Uh, she, you know, she had a bad, a bad uh, inflammation ordeal. I don't know where it went in her body, but from um, for me, I know that I've learned that I had to get that year that I had the myomectomy when I got diagnosed. I also had a mass in my navel that was hard, and I kept pushing like, why does it feel hard under my navel? It's not supposed to feel like that. So I had to see a general surgeon. That year, I had three surgeries. He had to dissect my navel and go see what that was. It was a chunk of endometrial tissue. So when I got the myomectomy done, what he explained in his medical mindset was when I got the myomectomy done, which was performed like a C-section, he thinks that some of the endometrial cells and stuff like that and tissue was pushed up that way. And I was like, um, yeah, I don't know. You're a general surgeon. You're not an OB doctor, you know, so I don't know how much of that I can really, I mean, it was a chunk that he'd say he removed, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I was asleep, you know, so. <laughs> like, before you throw it away, can I see that? I need to. And be- I always be asking. I always be like, take a picture because I'm not going to see it if I'm on the table. But my, my OB always takes pictures so I can see it. He took pictures of my fibroids. Um, he didn't do the fallopian tube. He did my ovary last year, though. He took a picture of the good one and the bad one. And I, I had posted that stuff, too. But So for women that, because a lot of times women that have, they say women that have children, most times you get a, you get fibroids during or after pregnancy, one of the two, they explain. Um, so I think, well, for me, I found out about the fibroids after I had Avery, my second child. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was, I had one tiny one when I was pregnant with Naomi. And that one remained after I was pregnant with her. And then, of course, they say the five boys feed off of blood. And every time you have a cycle, it gets, you know, whatever. Yeah. So um, they they can take them out, which they did, and they grew right back. So is it possible that you said you found out you had it when you had Avery? Is it possible that you would have you had it with Jaden, too, and they just didn't? What, endo or the five boys? The five, well, both, I guess. Wait, let me backtrack on the, so I, that's what I don't know. Nobody, I don't know that it, it was even any attention that much towards endometriosis back when I had Jaina. So my first son, should I tell that, can I tell that story? Yes, yes, yes. So my first son, um, I mean, that's a good question I've always asked. Cause the same doctor that discovered it is the same doctor I've had since I had Jaden. I was pregnant with Jaden. So he knows me, um, my body or whatever. Um, basically my first son I had at 27 weeks pregnant um in 2002 I was pregnant and at three months they discovered he stopped growing and then when I was 27 weeks I was seeing and stuff back and forth um and um I had an emergency c-section with him and they he was a pound six ounces and he was born one kidney and then he was like rushed to the you know the whatever the thing the neonatal care after I had him type of thing so with him he was in there and his, I think it was about his third day of life, he stopped urinating. He wasn't able to urinate anymore. So they had to put, I mean, they already had always two, like 15 tubes hooked up to him. So they kept giving him this medicine to try to get him to urinate. 
he couldn't urinate. This is back when PG was considered the best neonatal, whatever, be neonatal care. That was literally before anybody else. So this crazy, I had him December 13th, 2002, Friday the 13th, right? He was transported to Children's on Christmas Eve that year because they couldn't do anything else at PG. And there were specialists at Children. And my fight was, how come y'all didn't send him at birth? You know what I'm saying? Like when he first came out. Yeah. So they were, they was just, their thing was PG had the best neonatal. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So they kept giving him all this medicine to try to make him go to the point where when he was born, he was really, you know, small and frail. But when he kept getting the medicine, he looked like a water baby. So when you touched him, you could see the fluid under his skin. And um, they, I want to say that they give him, they gave him a couple of blood transfusions because his platelet levels kept dropping because of the fluid and all that wasn't developed or whatever. And um, so they, he looked like a water baby, literally. Um, and they, they called me on New Year's Eve morning to tell me that I need to come to the hospital because they maxed out the medicine on him, basically. Um, and so I came at like six in the morning. I, you know, I got him blessed and all that other stuff. It was nothing else they could do. They asked me that I want to pull the cord. And I was like, nah, just let God do his thing. And that's, you know, where he started, as soon as his dad walked in, he started to drop, his heart rate started to drop around like 4.10 that afternoon. And um, I let his dad hold him for a couple minutes and then I held him and he died in my arms. And um, they, I asked him for an autopsy because I did want to know, you know, what was the reason behind him passing? You know, what was the, the, the bottom reason? Their thing was he, um, because he couldn't urinate, the fluid overflowed his lungs and he died of a lung infection, which I was like, I never even knew he had a lung infection. Like, how did you discover these things? But because they maxed their medicine out, you know, I guess that wasn't they didn't feel the need to say something. I don't know, but me being younger back then, I didn't know what questions to ask. Like I know now. <laughs> so medically wise for me, um, I had a C-section and my doctor didn't discover anything. Fibroids, no endo, no adenome, no cysts, none of that stuff back when I had Jaden. But when I had Avery, which was two years later, I that's when the fibroids was discovered um, after I had Avery though. I didn't have any issues as far as, you know, when Avery was, I had gestational diabetes, but I didn't have any other issues with Avery. But they, he was early. I think he came 35 weeks. But for me, I didn't have any discovery of anything. He was born in 04, nothing. Naomi, I had a fibroid with her. She was born in 09, nothing. And, but they were all emergency C-sections. I, I don't know why, for some reason, my fluid kept getting dry. Like it would go completely dry. That's why I had had emergency C-sections. I had dry births. Um, but Jaden, that was different because he, he stopped growing and stuff. Um, but yeah, they never found nothing till later on. So I don't know. I don't know if endo was even thought about, talked about back then or what. The only thing I can think of is the only reason they might not have seen it is because everything was about, I mean, it's always about the baby, but everything was, okay, let's make sure this baby is okay. Let's get the baby right. out. So right. that's the only, because I, I can't see you you saying you had all of these issues um, prior to, and nobody's being like, oh, maybe. Right, and I never had cycles. Like I never had cramps during a cycle like that until after I had, Avery maybe it wasn't as bad but it was bad it was worse after I had way after I had now. so I don't know I don't know <laughs> it's still a puzzle I still I try to look at other people's research that they do when they post it in these different groups and stuff like that like literally all the way to the UK I got people that give me information and we all kind of still try to figure out the same thing with the female system and there's not enough attention towards this whole endometriosis thing because there are a lot of women suffering from it that really don't know they have it. Um, and I, I mean, seeing how Gabby, everything Gabrielle Union went through, I damn near went through a lot of similar things with, you know, the adenomyosis, ovarian cysts, the fibroids, the birth control, telling her to use that to try to, you know, control the cycle. That's a lie. You know, that's just a lot of me, you know. Um, Hillary Clinton, Whoopi Goldberg have it. There's a lot of people that have it, but there's not no awareness. Whoopi Goldberg has like this line of CBD stuff that they use like a bomb to, for cramps and all those different pains and stuff like that. But I don't use CBD stuff. I like, I, 
Dr. Till just had, now mind you, somebody just told me this, somebody that Dr. Dr. Till. Dr. Till has like this Epsom salt stuff uh-huh. cramps or like for menstrual cramps. Someone just told me that. But how do you do you that? You take a bath in it and it's supposed to kind of soothe your, your cramps and... So like lavender? Cause That's what I thought. I was like, is it lavender? Because typically lavender is used yeah. for the calming and soothing. I don't know. I, don't, I was just told today we were talking about cramps and stuff for whatever reason. I know red raspberry tea is good for cramps and it does work. Red raspberry tea does. Oh, red raspberry. Okay. does help with... It did help me a lot with my cramps. did. Someone gave me some of that, but what did I get? I don't know why I got it. I got all these different types. Oh, you know what? Now, one of a young lady um, that did the podcast with us before, um, Jessica, her name is Jessica. She's the Heal Her Hub. These packages, these various packages had various reasons for each thing, but in each one, there was a tea packet but it associated to whatever that package was for. I can't, I, I can't remember what each package was, but yeah. No, I think I tried, it was, look, I tried to be seen for my cramps too. Nope. Oh, that's, that, that's a good, um, that's I mean, it's relaxing for the moment, but afterwards. So when you, because you know, we all getting up there in age, but when you, so, okay. So when you start going through um, menopause, because technically, from my understanding, I heard that we start menopause in our mid early to mid 40s. Like we start the process. We don't go through the same things that you go through, like in your 50s or 60s or whatever. But let's say you go on, you got you you start your menopause. Once your menopause menopause kicks in and once it once it's through, do you are y'all do y'all still have the same pain? Because, I mean, we know it, it's not going to go away, but do you have that, still have that same pain? Because all that other stuff is gone. So from what my doctor explained to me and several other women who are older who have dealt with the endometriosis stuff, um, I guess I've already started my flashes like two years ago, the high flashes, the, the unnecessary soreness of the boobs. Is that a part? I guess they told oh, me. yeah. But the endometriosis, because it messes with your hormones so much, like I've had adult acne behind it. I've never had acne in my life. Um, and the hot and cold moments, it's not as bad as people like, I need a, I need a fan. I need some ice. You yeah, start I, getting naked. I'm not agreeing to that. I'm not owning that yet. <laughs> uh, but I do have some of the symptoms. Um, I just don't have, I, I don't feel like um head first in any of that at the beginning i'm a 40 i'll be 41 so i guess it's the beginning of 40 stages or whatever you call it i don't know i don't know because the old school people and us it's a whole different hit yeah mm -hmm. they don't have they didn't really have to deal with a lot of things that we had to deal with i guess with our female systems that they discover these days you know right. so um my doctor told me that my menopause as long as I keep my one jingle bell, I'll have my estrogen and I should be okay. And we're going to pray that, that that jingle bell stays in its place and keep its kickstand together because Lord Jesus, ain't nobody trying to go back under that knife another time. Seven, no, I've, I've had 10 surgeries in my life and five of them, uh, six of them have been for my, including my three C-sections have been so all yeah. your, your your female area all in my bikini line yeah. thankfully i'm gonna know how to like this on the same incision because i ain't got no back i need to follow that same exact line follow that, the young that. girl <laughs> <laughs> so what advice if any would you give to women um both those that are um just finding out maybe that they have endometriosis and maybe that woman or a young lady that doesn't really know i mean of course first advice would be go to a doctor but if they're experiencing some of the symptoms that you share early on what would your advice be to them don't take the uh, start with <laughs> the one who starting with the one who who may be younger and don't know or whatever anybody who, who have like cramps and any type of bad cycle or cycle, like I said, they say it's not supposed to be a bad, like, oh my God, I'm balled up. 
They say your cycle is not supposed to be like that. No, I was dying. I was dead for five days. So at that point, um, I would suggest, I, I would suggest tea, raspberry, red raspberry tea in the midst of you trying to, you need peppermint. These are things that you need to keep close to you for these types of situations leading up to trying to figure out what's wrong because you do, mentally it will drain you. It will drain you going back and forth to the doctor, going to a specialist. Going, I had colonoscopies. I had all types of tests done that had before they could figure out that I had that. And then when it took for them to open me up to, you know, see it. So your doctor might be like, oh, you got bad gas, IBS, whatever, whatever. Just monitor it. If you can journal about it, try to do that because you might not remember those things that you dealt with because you're going to need to know what what you're dealing with and what what positions you've been put in. If you've been hurt in the legs, if your legs hurt, your st- you know, you get inflamed, your stomach is swelling, whatever the case may be, you forget. And a lot of hurt of people with memory loss behind certain things. Um, I would say see your doctor if you can try to see a specialist. I've heard there's some endo specialists that are starting to pop out here and there. There's one in New York. There's different ones in different states. I haven't found one here, but um, try to do your research and and if you don't understand what your doctor's telling you it's okay to get a second and third opinion you know because you don't have to stand on one um i would say to change check your diet your diet is important that's something i didn't speak about um with having endometriosis inflammation is a huge thing with that disease so eating a lot of fried foods a lot of processed foods um sugars Things of that sort, alcohol um, can cause a lot of inflammation, even if it's down to a, a what do you call things like a little, what is the thing called a wine cooler type thing? Mm-hmm. Something small as that um, can cause inflammation. So I don't even, you know, I'm not a drinker anyway, but I don't indulge too much in a lot of drinking, but it can cause inflammation. Um, your diet, eat a lot of green vegetables, uh, try to minimize, minimize your meats, honestly, because the way meats are being processed and hormones are being added these days, you really don't have any control of that part, but you have control of what you put in your body. So for me, after, before my surgery last year, I did control my diet like two weeks before I started. Um, I got rid of meats, I got rid of carbs, um, like biscuits and fries and bread and noodles and all those types of things, crackers. I didn't eat no candy. I didn't eat anything of that, no fried food. All I ate was, I ate salmon, I ate fish, I ate salmon. Um, I didn't eat any meat. No meat, I lost 18 pounds. Everybody was like, you need to get, you need a pork chop. Your neck got skinny. And this. <laughs> I can't even speak enough about your diet. The diet, what you cook with is very important when it comes to endo because anything can trigger inflammation and inflammation causes pain in different ways. It causes headaches. It causes you to be tired and not want to do nothing. It just causes a gave you some good tips because I yes, you did. Did. You did. a lot. It's a lot. It's a any, any more questions, G? Oh, I do have one more question though. Nope. I meant to ask you, but since since <laughs> there are stages, what? Since there are stages, uh-huh. um, and and you know how you have cancer has they have uh, certain ribbon colors. Do y'all have yellow? Okay. Yeah. It's, that's why you see me include yellow in a lot of my stuff now because I'm starting to embrace this uh, awareness thing. They actually have an endometriosis march here in DC. Um, I think it's virtual next weekend. It's a matter. Of, it's virtual next weekend, but normally they have one downtown. I didn't even know that. Like I'm starting to find out a lot. They have an endo black in this area. Some group of girls in Temple Hills created an endo black group for endometriosis with black women, and they're big, very big. Um, is a very big group, a support group for endometri- women with endometriosis, Black women that are, have endometriosis. I discovered them on Instagram. I, seriously, I don't have no problem, you know, discussing because I feel like it's not enough um, awareness. It's not enough conversations to be had. And a lot of times, us as females, we got this 
thing with us was we don't want to talk about this or we don't want to talk about this or we, you know, we we throw ourselves under the bus or throw each other under the bus and we really don't know what each other is going through. We might be dealing with the same thing. We could be helping the next person in the middle of a conversation like we had today or whatever. Exactly. So I always encourage females, especially, um, to to kind of be a little bit more open about things. That way you take a little bit of weight off your shoulder. I ain't saying you got to tell all your business, but it does help to have a conversation and be able to have a conversation, you know, amongst others or whatever, because you never know who you might help. Right. So thank you, Steph, for joining us. If they want to follow you, how do they how do they um, contact you or join a group or something that you're in so that they could get some information from you? How do they do that? I'm on Instagram, um, Urbanico, that's U-R-B-A-N-I-Q-U-E-C-O. That's where you can find me at. Um, if you have any questions, you can do that same name at gmail.com, urbanico at gmail. If you got any questions you want to ask me, um, like I said, there's other endometriosis awareness groups out there. I personally have not started one myself. I'm kind of working on something with that. Um, but Endo Black is one in the local PG County area. Um, and then there's a bunch of different ones. There's, if you Google, I mean, it's out there now for people to try to grasp. So there's a lot of stuff, honestly, on, believe it or not, it's on TikTok. You have doctors and nurses and specialists that actually get on TikTok with information also. So if you type in endometriosis awareness or endometriosis on TikTok or something like that, a lot of stuff will pop, even on Instagram now, a lot of stuff will pop up. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, thank you again uh, for taking your time out with us. Very informative. To all our listeners, you can download the podcast. It's very important that you download it. Um, but you can also follow us on Instagram at Realities. And I know how to spell it after two seasons. R-A-I-A-L-I-T-I-E-S. We're also on Facebook. So it kind of filters over. YouTube and all of that other good stuff. So thank you again. And in our usual exit, thanks to Bree. Bye. Bye.